so stupid, he comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! Guaranteed to be a better introduction to the Red Bull pit crew, welcome back to Motorsport 101. Fuck Boris Johnson. Anyway, hi guys, I'm Andre Harrison and welcome to episode 225. You can just feel the gammon already leave the room as that intro already starts playing. Um, <laughs> but we haven't pissed off any political parties whatsoever in the state of this broadcast. Never, not in a million years. Um, we are back for a end of season review. Another one. I know, it's kind of weird, but as we kind of wrap up the 2019 motorsports year, it's also kind of weird to, to say that because we're already like almost a week into December already. It's weird, to say the least. But uh, here we are. <laughs> and uh, we'll be ch- in this episode, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun time. Um, we may split this in two. We'll have to wait and see later on. Uh, you know... You'll, if you, you'll find out later on. It should be a fun time for all involved. It's a part of a game. Do we split this show or not? Um, but we'll be talking about the news at the top of the show for, for a change. We'll be talking about Williams confirming their second seat. And hey, the 2020 Formula 1 grid is now locked and set. Probably. Uh, you never know what silly season's like these days. Um, Formula 2 decided to have its own deadline day, according to Ryan King. The only thing missing was breaking Jim White out of cryo-freeze. Um, a whole load of Formula 2 signings. Um, Formula E has gained official status on something, so King can now stop correcting people on stuff. It's very useful for him. Um, they also got a new Hall of Fame, and why it's a bit on the lazy side. Uh, let's just say uh, one of its inaugural Hall of Fame entrants has pissed everybody off. <laughs> well, not a, this is like what the third Hall of Fame class for the FIA Hall of Fame. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Peugeot picks its partner for the WEC Hypercar project, and it should be an interesting time. And well, it's the coin sweepstakes over in IndyCar for their number 18 car. We'll talk all about the runners and riders in that one later. Then we'll get into Formula 1 in Abu Dhabi. It wasn't the best time. Blame the TV director for it. It's a bitch, um, to say the least. But uh, Lewis Hamilton decided to unzip his pants and rest his nuts on the entire field in destructive fashion via beat him down via Grand Slam. Need I say more? Um, a spicy one in all indeed. Um, all the fun happened in the midfield, which wasn't on TV. Thanks a bunch. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Formula 2 season finale as well. A, a couple of fun performances in that one. And then we will go into our 2019 Formula 1 season review. Team by team, piece by painful piece. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into all of that in the next, well, one to two episodes, two to three hours probably. We'll have to wait and see how we go. Every time I say it's going to be short, it goes long, and vice versa. Like, that should be... That, things, you, things you can say during an episode of Motorsport 101 and also in the bedroom. Why did that's I... the meme that's going around on the day that's recording. As soon as I said that, I knew you were going to respond to that, Mr. RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Hey, y'all! 
Happy December! Hope your holiday season has been going great. I'm drunk during recording. Oh, great. He's, he's, gone, the, he's gone with the full Adam Johnson role. <laughs> Good to see. Arctic summer. Arctic summer that we're drinking as winter is approaching. As you do. Ryan King, hello, sir. Yes, I, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, weird week off. Uh, it was not Sebastian Bourdais related. <laughs> so you're, you're not on a sabbatical? Yeah, you're not... You're not mourning over the Jets losing to the Bengals and breaking and breaking their winless season, no. <laughs> That's a maybe. Um, and with us, as always, as well now, Mr. Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Hello, everyone. I'm still not down from that IGTC win. As you do. Oh, Cam, your uh, your rookie of the your Motorsport 101 co-hosting rookie of the year T-shirt is in the mail and should be there in about two to three weeks in time for the holidays. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> we even made sure to get the worst artist to airbrush your face. Wait, wait, wait. We 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 made we committed the cardinal sin of 2019 OK Boomer Motorsport by having rookie of the year T-shirts. Absolutely. Why not? I don't like you guys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> anyway, places you can find us real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And uh, you can find us personally at Harrison 101HD, at Cam Buckley 917, Yank Out the Vowels, at RJ O'Connell, that's two N's and two L's, and at Ryan Eric King, that's with two K's. I didn't get my tongue in the knot during that one for once. Go me. Um, our website, motorsport101.com, for all of our episodes and written content. And hey, I actually did write 10,000 words in the month of November. How did I pull Woo! that one off? Yeah, you <laughs> did it. Go me. I really did. Everything is on there now. In fact, the entire front page right now on the blog is everything I wrote in the month of November. How convenient is that? All you got to do is just go to motorsport101.com forward slash blog and it is all there in front of you uh, James Hinchcliffe's departure from IndyCar well at least temporarily anyway Lewis Hamilton's season finale special you guys asking me a whole bunch of weird stuff including what my favourite dinosaur was it's well worth a read one on Jorge Lorenzo's retirement and the end of an era um, my 2019 MotoGP season review is up on there now as well and a new piece where I tried to predict the 2021 MotoGP grid where I actually got told off in the comments for being too conservative yeah me me being too safe I know it's really weird um, so yeah um, if those guys, I know fan, people have been asking me about this and fans of it, I will be doing a full written review of the 2020 Formula 1 season in three parts, or 2019 Formula 1 season, I should say, sorry, in three parts, like I have traditionally done for the last couple of years now, so expect, I'm going to try and aim to get that all up before Christmas, because um, these, these do take a, they're a bitch to write and dig up old pieces and and, uh, and uh, figure it all out, basically. So, yeah, hopefully to get them all up over Christmas. I do find them a lot of fun and very uh, very relaxing to write, actually, which is amazing, given there's a Ferrari section in there. Um, but all of that on Motorsport101.com forward slash blog. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows, 
Because it's the F1 season finale, I will stick both parts, if it's a two-parter, I'll stick both episodes on there for just a buck, because I'm such a nice guy. It's Christmas, it's the season of goodwill. That's a present from yours truly. So th- It's the season of signing up for Amazon Prime to get one, one-day shipping, and two Premier League games. Of course! Woo! Woo! Who, who doesn't love free football? Um, but yeah, five dollars gets you early access to all of our shows. Just a buck will get you in for the F1 season review special. Um, and if you back us at the ten dollar level, you get entry into our Discord service supporters club, where you can listen to these episodes live as they go out. You can chip in, you can comment, you can do all of that fun stuff as well. You can partake in the absolute shit housery that precedes every episode recording. Pretty much. Shout out to Charles, to Vince, to James, to to Brian, uh, to, to uh, the uh, man Jason, the Shuckle, and Zoe, who are all in listening as we speak. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And oh, if you haven't checked in already, check in with Jason on Twitter. We retweeted him on our official public page. It is your last chance to send in your nominees for the Motorsport 101 Awards that that is going to be on episode 226 next week. So yeah, hosted by me, yours truly, Andre Harrison. I wrestled the microphone back from Johnson. Um, (laughs) I'll be back in charge. This is not a democracy. You're all going to pay, uh, basically. But it's going to be the Motorsport 101 Awards next week. It's going to be great. There is a full uh, award category list on Jason's Twitter. Go follow him. I believe it's at... I'm just going to double-check the at real quick. Um, yeah, you know how Lionel Messi keeps winning all those Ballon d'Ors? Well, we've got a wide-open fight for the Ballon d'Or. Oh, oh, it is. It is a good old-fashioned bar fight for the Golden Cock. It's going to be a fun one. It's at Jason underscore Poland underscore one... Uh, sorry, 87, I should say. That's Jason at... So it's at Jason underscore Poland underscore 87. We've retweeted him in the, uh, as, our, as our pinned tweet on the Twitter profile. Um, do check that out if you haven't already. Send in your nominees to him. It's your last chance. You've got until next Wednesday. So that's um, that is going to be December the 11th to send in those nominee lists. And I will... Uh, we, me and the boys will check them out all the way through the episode and we will decide who wins the 18, yes, 18 Motorsport 101 Accords, including our Driver of the Year, our Motorsport Rider of the Year, and who takes home the Golden Cock. <laughs> and trust me, it's a stacked nominee list this year. I can tell you already. So check all of that out already. Oh, and one big shout out as well. Big thanks to our friend and yours, an all-time popular F1 tweeter, Conrad O'Keefe. He bumped his, his, his back in up to tenner. Thank you very much, sir. That's very generous hey. of you. Much appreciated. Praise be. The church blesses you. Thanks, Conrad. Much appreciated, sir. Right. After this quick commercial break, we're going to... Hang on. The news is at the top. This is a strange one. Um, <laughs> but we'll get that. We'll get down and talk about all of that after this quick break. And amazingly, I'm saying this without having not done an hour and a half of recording beforehand. It's a strange feeling. But here we are. Guys, the worst kept secret in F1 is finally revealed. Apart from the racecraft being poor. It's it's Williams. We have another Canadian in F1. 
Nicholas oh. Latifi has filled the second seat at Williams for 2020. Yay! And the crowd goes... Um, how would you describe the taste of poutine? Mild. Is it, is it mild? Is, is it savory? Is it umami? I, I, I very much enjoy that. I don't think I enjoy this signing quite as much. It's alright. It's fine. It's okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, is it really going to matter when he's driving a car that makes lift? Nah, I, I don't. My gut feeling is that, yes, uh, they got younger, but I don't necessarily know if Williams got better, and I don't think it's down necessarily to all their drivers, uh, because unless they have done a massive overhaul for their 2020 design, uh, this is still going to be a team that is threatening Cerro Puntos all season. All of a sudden, Charles in the chat, who's a fellow Canadian, has absolutely lost his mind. <laughs> for, what it helps, for what it helps, he's changed his uh, Discord name to hashtag NicoLance2K20. Kind of says it all, really. See, he's more of a he's more of a genuine Canadian frontrunner than Drake is, and he's not sending weird texts to Billy Elish all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Lord! <laughs> Nicholas Latifi arrives on the back of his fourth full season in Formula 2 slash GP2. This year, he was the runner-up in the championship with four victories. Wait a minute! Hold the fuck up! <laughs> you, you, you're not going to play this down after one of the genuinely most howling moments I've had on this show in 220 episodes. What's wrong with you, RJ? <laughs> get your mans! Trying to get this, trying to get it all under under control. Oh dear, oh oh dear, oh oh my god. Um, yeah, look, this is this is fine. Like, we already knew Nick Nick the Freeze was el- was heading elsewhere quite a while ago. He's the best driver available in Formula Two. So hey, this is kind of what we want Formula Two to be, right? You want the guy, the best guy available to be getting the F one seat, and it's 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 harder to care about it because it's Williams, and they are just a second and a half of anybody worth a damn but just just for the record we're talking about nicholas latifi not nick devries because nick devries decided to make a good career move (laughs) uh, (laughs) let's let's be real williams issues are not in the driver's seat no no they are not they're not they are not and uh yeah you know hey you know he, he's a decent driver. He's done well for himself in Formula Two this year. I don't think he was he was deserving to be quite as far back off Nick DeFries in the title standings as the final scoreboard suggested. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on. But he's a good driver, and he's the best one available for an F1 seat right now in that series. So why not? Right, I haven't got any problem with that at all. He's a solid driver, and I'm sure he'll be just fine. Um, have fun with George Russell, is what I say on that one. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of Formula Two, the floodgates have opened. Ryan King is now wearing a yellow tie. Um, it is deadline day in Formula Two, seemingly, because we got a whole load of Formula Two signings that were announced earlier this week. Yes, moves upon moves upon moves. Let's start at the top. They may not be the team's champion, but they pretty much are the champions elect any in any junior series they step into. Prima have announced that longtime Prima driver Sean Galile will not be with the team <laughs> next year. Oh no! They they will be retaining his teammate Mick Schumacher, and they have an interesting signing alongside him. One 
Robert Schwartzman. Oh, dear God. Ferrari Driver Academy are basically putting their number one and number two prospects against one another. This is amazing. <laughs> it's like, how about a house sharing arrangement with our two best drivers? Um, why not, right? <laughs> why not? Schumacher. Somewhere, Anton- Ant- yeah. Antonio Giovinazzi, by the way, has got to be really, really sweating right now in 2020. <laughs> Buckets. It, it, it's, it's like when Goldberg first showed up in the WWE and The Rock is there, and then Goldberg just shouts, who's next? For the first time, and then gets completely pile-drived via spear. That's what this feels like right now. Mick Schumacher and Robert Schwartzman in the same team is nasty. All sorts of nasty. If Schwartzman is half the guy he was in Formula 3... This year, look out, world. He's going to be a very, very uh, fast guy to watch, certainly. But that reminds me, that means, well, we, we now know because the Tifi's going to Williams that the team champions for Formula 2 this year, the Dams team, again, more on that in a minute, they've cleaned house. Yes, mm-hmm. they've had to clean house because uh, obviously their champions moved up. Uh, Sergei said the camera's also looking for greener pastures. More on that shortly. Yeah, more on that shortly. So Dams has taken in Sean Galile, and Sean Galile's teammate is none other than Hat Trictum himself, Dan Tictum. They got Devin Butler? (laughs) (laughs) Look, Dams is just out there copying video game storylines with this. It's great. Oh my god. Oh, uh, why? This, why? This team is a meme. This Come on. We have the chicken meme, who we actually kind of like because he's bailed out other people's careers before. So we kind of like Sean Gulley, even though he's not they that went great. For the, they went for the real meal for five bucks. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got the chicken man, and they've got <clears throat> the chicken shit. <laughs> RJ's on fire! <laughs> I see I see zero inaccuracy with this post. No, no, I I've got nothing for you there, man. Um Look, if Dan like, How many uh, how many more teams are gonna think, oh, we're the ones who are gonna get ticked them under control? No, look, how many more? <laughs> no, honestly, like I, I, I want like I want to know who Dan Tictum's agent is because he keeps falling up despite all the bridges he seems to be burning. Like, I, I, how does this keep happening? He was booted out of the Red Bull Academy earlier this year and he's fallen up into a top-tier Formula 2 seat. How? How can someone how? be this talented to justify this many drops and returns? Yeah, and that's the thing because, again, I've said on the show many times, when he is in the right headspace, and when he's locked into a car, he's as good as any of these guys like Norris and Russell and Albon. But the problem is that he is rarely in the right headspace, and he is too full of his own garbage. In translation, he's too much of a cunt. He, <laughs> you, you didn't have to put it that way, but I mean, yeah, I did. Wrong. He's he's the Romano Fanati of car races, and that's the problem because it would be unfair to say Tictum is untalented. Um, but at the same time, he's burned so many bridges, pissed off so many people, and been dumped by everyone that's ever backed him to this point. And he's still like, it goes to show you that talent really is the overriding factor in everything in motorsport. It's like, if it's not cash, it's talent. And of course, they're going to be sitting there 
they're going to now be sitting there thinking, hey, if we can harness the best of Tixum's talent, they, they could have a guy that could win the championship next year. And I, and I can understand that logic. But at least get a better second driver then, because Sean Galil ain't winning it for you, Chief. Like, Hey, hey, if you got to have talent in one seat, you're going to need cash in the other. I'm sorry. Yeah, and Sean Galil brings plenty of it, and unlike some other notorious pay drivers on this year's grid, Galil is at least competent and will probably fuck around Not and get a sprint he, race podium. He, he, he probably won't be a danger to himself and others. You know, if your dams... If you've got Galil guaranteed money and probably the occasional like top eight finish there, you might as well gamble on the other seat. And that's what the, it looks like. Dams were were late to the party, given that Prima tied up the, the entire Ferrari driver academy virtually, um, but not all of them. Yeah, not all of them because there are more than two, and Ferrari can only assign two to Prima. That was my segue, fellas. Thanks for rolling all over that. Much appreciated. <laughs> I am I'm better than this than you think, Feathers, alright? I know but like I know I shit house myself as a podcast host half the time, but hear me out here, okay? Speaking of which, ART. Marcus Armstrong's over there now. Oh goody. Oh goody. It's, it's not clear whose teammate will be next year yet, but just Marcus Armstrong alone, ART has a chance at, you know doing real well yeah italy uh italy's favorite new zealander or new zealander's favorite italian (laughs) whichever whichever way you look at it it's probably right yeah again armstrong pretty much in the same pocket as schwartzman here stupidly fast very very talented you know i'd say art have booked themselves a nice replacement for nick devries extremely i'd say so Maybe the number one young driver on the board available, some would argue. Um, there's certainly a case you can make on that one. Um, but yeah, Armstrong to ART. HWA has got two new guys in there, and one of them is the... Well, HWA is a new team, technically. technically. They bought out They bought out Arden's spot on the grid. Uh, HWA have decided to retain... <laughs> their part-time driver who they had finished the season, Artem Markalov, and sign a new driver alongside him. Yeah. Coming back for his second year in the category. And clearly a, Mer- yeah, clearly a Mercedes-affiliated driver with all of Mercedes' <laughs> affiliation with HWA, right? Yes, because when I think young Mercedes-Benz Jr. drivers, I think Giuliano Alessi, Ferrari young driver. And alongside oh. him, the entertainment in Artem Markalov. <laughs> Fun. It's occurred to me that Ferrari... Did Ferrari just buy F2? <laughs> they might as well have done. <laughs> I mean, clearly the budget isn't going into the car. More no. on that later. Like, number one, why does Ferrari have so many young drivers? What are they expecting to have? I mean, geez, they basically have three F1 teams. <laughs> I mean, shit. Gotta fill them seats. They looked at Red Bull and thought, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> We now have 15 young drivers. If you can't beat them, just take every seat in the series so they can't have any young drivers. Why not? It all works the same, no? (laughs) But uh, one more move to confirm there as well, because another one we're talking about Ferrari and young drivers. Callum Eilat headed over to Virtuosi as well. So uh, Callum, again, a few very solid performances um, in Formula 2 this year. I'm sure he'll be very much looking to build on that, eh, fellas? Mm. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still, you know, people who are still looking for seats, like one uh, Jack Aiken still looking. He's still not confirmed at a team next year. Uh, besides that, it's going to be a lot of people moving up from F3 to fill in spaces for people who won't be returning for next season, like Sergio Sente Camera and Luca Giotto. Like, there's a massive turnover in the field for this season. It could be really good, y'all. It could, it could very much very good. A lot of, of exciting talent in Formula 2 next year. Can't wait to see how it all shakes up. Uh, King, good news for you. You no longer have to correct people on the status of Formula E. Yes, because starting in 2020, and starting for the 2020-2021 season, not this season, next season, next season, next season. the official name, finally finally will be the ABB FIA Formula E World Championship. We did it, Reddit! <laughs> we finally made it! That is a reference it's always been a world championship with the talent level and the manufacturer that they have involved. You can't change my mind. Correct. Oh, so you still miss out on the FIA recognition, the invites to the FIA gala, all the other perks from the FIA with being a world championship, including... Uh, you know, calendar importance, like you get preeminence over other international championships and picking race dates. Oh, so the WEC that. can't just walk all over them anymore. Yep, now the WEC can't walk all over them anymore. Get fucked, WEC! Get fucked! We're at the big boy table. Ah, oh, feels yeah, good. Yeah, like, it might seem like it's just a name change, but there's a lot of other things that, you know... There's a lot of other benefits you get of being an official FIA World Champion. Gotta get them perks. Gotta get them Some perks. The company perks are the best. Get to hang out with Lewis Hamilton at the FIA gal. <laughs> Gotta get the company perks in. Yeah, the, the benefits are the best part. We all know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <clears throat> Oh, Lord. Things you can say to your friends, but also say in bed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Anyways. Right, also, oh. speaking of the FIA, they had another Hall of Fame inauguration. And hang on a minute. What's Fernando Alonso doing here? Uh, okay. Well, yes. Uh, well, noted. Uh, well, yes. They have Fernando Alonso. They have a Toyota F1 driver, Alan McNish. They have Caterham F1 legend Andre Lauder involved, uh, and they have Toro Rosso alumnus Brendan Hartley. Yes, every World Endurance Premier Class champion got inducted into the Hall of Fame at once, and not just in the modern era. Going all the way back to Group C. Yes, going all the way back to Group C, though. That means a certain someone became the first person to be inducted twice into the FIA Hall of Fame. Mm. Oh, do go on. Yes, two-time Formula One World Drivers Champion and one-time World Endurance Champion, Fernando Alonso. Uh. <laughs> Somebody kick RJ out. <laughs> I mean, uh, I... Obviously, Alonso won the championships fair and square. It, it don't hate the player, hate the Hall of Fame because King, King, <laughs> come on, guys. You can't be comfortable out here 
telling me you're sitting there and saying Fernando Alonso, WEC Hall of Famer. You know you can buy his merch on the IndyCar shop for five bucks. Hall of Fame, Dre. It's the FIA Hall of Fame. Every every single person who won a championship gets to go in the Hall of Fame, and I'm pretty sure Alonso isn't the most egregious Hall of Fame entrant. Mm. So his WEC accomplishments, yes, he is. Yes, he was there for one year. He was there for one year, got two Lamar wins, the most dominant team we've seen in a very, very long time. Yes. Weird how running alone in a class works. Yep, yep. It is indeed. Should we stay with the WEC for a minute here? Because uh, Sure. Because uh, Persia has picked its partner for the WEC in this hypercar category coming forward. Um, they picked Rebellion, yes. folks. Yeah, they picked uh, overall winners, Rebellion Racing, overall winners uh, in four hours of Shanghai. Note a team that had the Splatoon livery this past 24 hours a Please, lot. for the love of, if there is a god, please squid, don't no, let that be in control no. of the livery. You're a squid. No, have them, no. You're a squid, you're a kid. <sighs> no, have them have one PlayStation car and then have one Splatoon car. It'd be great. No, it's a conflict of interest. It's certainly better than having unequal balance of performance from one identical model car to another. That isn't going away, and it hurts. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of the hypercar <laughs> no, class... No, before, before, we, before we continue, I did just take a glance, and before we start recording, Cam said that they only inducted people from 1981 no, onward into the F... No, no, you said the, the whole, like, I thought, like... When I said that they inducted every single world sports car champion, and you said, you corrected me, said it was only 1981 onward. Oh, you said that. I thought it was going back to the 60s. It, it's, it's, no, I thought it was too. You talk. I didn't say it. You did. Oh, did you want to go outside? Either you, way. Oh, did you want to just come outside and let the two boys fight at this point? <laughs> either way, going on. I, either, I, either way, it means that, uh, Raul, Raul Bozell was inducted into the FIA Hall of Fame. Did you know well that Raul Bozell was a co- was an accomplished shorehorse jumper? Not a lot of people know this. <laughs> as well as Martin Brundle and Teo Faffy. Oh my god, so that means Martin <laughs> Brundle gets to introduce himself on Sky Sports as a Hall of Famer every time. <laughs> oh, good lord. Except for his F1 career, certainly. Oh, lord. <laughs> oh, damn. But okay, moving on. Back to moving the WEC. <laughs> Um, there is a snag with all hypercar regulations. RJ, would you please explain? Oh my god. Um, so, when I saw this... When RJ I, I, told me this, I literally screamed and blew out my voice. So this comes from Vitz Patel, who was listening into uh, Midweek Motorsport, um, who was still laughing at Nick Damon pointing out to John Heindaw that the regulations for WEC's hypercar class haven't come out because they are... Let me pause. Uh, Dre, why would you think the new hypercar regulations haven't come out yet? Um, I don't know. That's a, like, what... Could it be entries or, you know, budgets or... What, what could possibly slow that down? No, uh, to quote, the regulations haven't come out because they are... <clears throat> Waiting on which manufacturer will provide the biggest pot of activation money. Oh, for the love of God. (laughs) No. 
Um, let's just remind everybody that this category launches in less than a calendar year. How can you give this little of a shit about the health of your racing series? We out here taking bribes. They're taking bribes. bribes. They're taking bribes with the health of their series on the line. It's like it's like we're we're waiting to see just how much money Toyota gives us, and we might be able to give them a couple of seconds on the regulations back. Who knows? Pusho might have tipped the scales already. Uh, Why? Cam, if you if you think about this too long, you're not going to get to the M group dunk on Ferrari. I have an endless well of anger to pull from. Let's continue. (sighs) Yeah, yeah, the ACO with the last minute fadeaway jumper for the golden cock. (laughs) Oh, that 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 is an attempt. (laughs) James Harden did not approve of this. It's all right. He couldn't make a shot last night. Going, going, going for thirty points on one hundred and forty-seven billion shots. What is this bullshit from the ACO? Good God! What? I, I'm convinced they don't give a shit if this works. They just want their payout. I've got nothing. Oh dear! Oh dear! Uh, Baron Davis from eighty plus feet. Oh dear! <laughs> Very good. Uh... We'll get into IndyCar quickly as well because we have a little bit of a follow-up um, going on from yeah last week's news about the fight for Sebastian Bourdais' seat, um, and this is going to be an interesting one um, because it's looking like it's now a short list of three for that number eighteen seat that that uh, Coin has got. Also, it's worth pointing out as well, Santino Ferrucci still hasn't been confirmed yet in the nineteen car. Which is also mm. intriguing. You know, you'd think for a guy that you know everybody seems to love in that series, he thought the funding would have been wrapped up by now. Funny that. Anywho, the three contenders, like uh, for the IndyCar sweepstakes for uh, for number eighteen car, James Hinchcliffe. You, you probably already knew that. Um, <laughs> we have Sergio Sete Camera. We told you he was moving on to greener pastures, potentially. And Palu! Alex Palu, Super Formula Rookie of the Year and title contender. Ooh. Nice. So, who do you think, who do you think gets that seat, boys? I have no idea. I literally have It can be any of the three. This is Dale Coyne we're talking about, so whoever cuts the biggest check. Hashtag Deal Coyne. And it might... If it comes down to who cuts the biggest check, it might be Sergio Sete Camera. And the thing about camera is, he has another option to fall back on because I don't think this Mateus Lice thing worked out at Foyt. <laughs> but do you really want to go to Foyt? I mean, I don't, but I mean, a seat's a seat. <laughs> a fact, even, even if it's covered in spikes. <laughs> no, I think uh, Hinch would be like your best fit if you need like an experienced hand, especially if you need somebody to bounce off with Ferrucci. Or whoever's going to be in that 19 car if it's not him. Mm. Palo's the interesting one because I've I've already heard that he turned down a drive in Super GT because he doesn't want to race on a certain brand of tires for the one team he has ties with. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, 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 gotta admit, really brave. Gotta be like, don't, don't want to race, race on this one brand of tire. Rather race in IndyCar. <laughs> Yeah, where he tested at mid-Ohio this past summer, if you might recall. God, I don't think the Pirellis in F1 have ever been that bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> Shut up, Mark Webber. The man that was carried. Fucking transphobe. And uh, just to tie a bow on one last thing here, we did get official confirmation that Sebastian Ogier is going to Toyota in an entirely overhauled lineup featuring Elfin Evans. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> Keep stacking and don't stop. <laughs> oh my god, it's OJ, it's Evan, Elfin Evans, and it's 19-year-old prospect Calais Rovanpera of Finland. That might even be the most exciting prospect, because Rovanpera is the closest thing that WRC has to a Leclerc slash Verstappen archetype. Oh, dear god. Toyota decided to bring the skyscraper down on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag reclaim the streak. It's the it's it's the Max Rock fall attack from Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's it's just a giant slab of brick dropping on your face. That's what that is. It is it's flattening to say the least. Uh. Things you can say in the construction site and also in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I hate oh. it. <laughs> Can we talk about Formula One in Abu Dhabi now? Do we have to? What's there to talk about? Oh, we kind of have to talk about this, don't we? I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep the main report brief here because there isn't an awful lot to talk about. Surprise, everybody! Lewis Hamilton was on pole position for the first time since Germany um, back in July. Uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, beat his teammate Valtteri Bottas to the front row. Not that it really mattered because Valtteri Bottas was had to, had to start from the back worth, of the grid anyway. Worth noting, the Mercs were the only cars in the 1 minute 34s in qualifying. Yeah, because Ferrari had a quick car in Sector 1, had a quick car in Sector 2, and then just decided before getting to Sector 3 to trade their Ferrari in for a broken-down Fiat Fiat Panda. Yeah, they had no... They were horrible in Sector 3. And they were horrible. having to... Horrible! And they were having to take so much curb to try and just bounce the nose into the turn that uh, Vettel spun, I think, twice trying to get the nose in into one of the left-handers. And when Leclerc didn't try that, the car understeered so bad, he actually hit the outside wall. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that Ferrari was losing as much as half a second in the final more. sector, if not more. more. Um, it was about seven tenths in qualifying, because they were up about two tenths on the Mercs, on average, through the first two sectors. That's ridiculous. That car is a that car is an anvil. How the hell... How, how the hell... Can you have a car that doesn't turn, effectively? It's a, it's a dragster. <sighs> but hey, at least they got both their drivers to make a proper attack and qualifying, right? Right? Mm. Bold of you to assume! Yeah, there was, shall we say, an admin error in the Ferrari camp regarding just how much <laughs> fuel... Uh, just how much fuel... Uh, was put in Charles Leclerc's car during his qualifying run. Uh, oh no, that was th- no, that was for the uh, that was for the race. Even mm. <laughs> worse. <laughs> we, we, there's so many Ferrari errors. We're confusing them. No, this is an instance where Charles was put behind Seb on the final run for oh, Q3. Yes. Seb gets held up. I believe uh, was it Albon or one of the McLarens? I think it was one of the Red Bulls. I think it was Albon. Yeah, I think it was Albon. 
And uh, Charles gets delayed enough that he doesn't actually get to do a final Q3 run. He ran out of time. Yeah, the red the red lights went out as he was going off. Go, he was going over the line. He was about two seconds out. And uh, yeah, uh, it didn't damage him too much. But he, he was certainly robbed of a chance at, uh, at the front row. He was beaten to the punch there by Max Verstappen, who would get bumped up to second after the grid got shaken out after you know, Bottas' penalty and whatnot. So, and forgetting another Ferrari error, they put both cars on soft compound tires in Q2. And Vettel had to start the race on them because Leclerc was faster on the yeah. mediums. Yeah, Leclerc eventually demanded mediums, got mediums, and led Q2. Vettel, after the fact, was like, so why'd we qualify on softs? We would have easily qualified on mediums. <laughs> Why is this team a, a total administrative fucking dumpster How fire? is this team allowed in Formula One? This has to be bringing the sport into disrepute by now. They're allowed to compete in a Formula One because they pay the annual entry fees and it built a Formula One regulations car. I'll check that out. <laughs> there needs to be more requirements than that. Like, are you actually fecking competent? Because you've, you've, we've mentioned that, and we've not even mentioned in, in, prof, in full detail the clerical error that led to the clerk basically having an amount of fuel in the car that was way out compared to what Ferrari originally declared. Um, <laughs> I, it's a slam-dunk disqualification, unless it isn't. Yeah. I believe, was um, it, they, they put in 4.55 kilos too much? 4.88. Jesus Christ. Wait, 4.88 over or under? I believe it was over. Yeah, over. So, um, for those of you clamoring for disqualification, in case you didn't know, having a heavier car is not an advantage. But hey, you know, they could put that No, no, no. It's it's illegal. Well, it's illegal to use more than 100 kilos. Yeah, but that's measured over the course of the race. And as it. As it stood, uh, Ferrari did not go over. I believe it's the 110 kilo per race limit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like you're 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 not allowed to use more in the race. So like, if you don't touch that extra amount in the race, you're fine. Yeah. In other words, they just had five extra kilos of fuel on the Clare's car, deliberately slowing him down because Ferrari <laughs> are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were yeah. not disqualified from the race, but they were fined fifty thousand euros, which is about thirty eight grand in in uh, Queen in, in Queen Sterling. Um, yeah, this this functions under um, this functions under sporting a sporting infringement rather than a technical infringement. So the car wasn't actually illegal. Yeah, yeah, as in a, a technical directive, not a technical regulation. It's yeah. not Meaning like it's- they're Audi Sport getting disqualified because they had the stickers upside down on their wings. Yeah, they oh God. they they didn't break any written in stone rules. Of course they didn't. <laughs> which, which triggered a whole lot of bitching from Christian Horner. Drink. Yeah, yeah, because Christian Horner is a bitch when it comes to things like that. He'll be the first man to cry foul about other people's shit when Red Bull were constantly yep. flaunting the rules during the V8 era. Let's not forget. But guys, if if we went to a legal amount of fuel flow, we would have lost second place. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Red Bull. Red Bull, what? Their they new the tire changer is going to gonna bl- bring back the blue passports. <laughs> <laughs> Have we forgotten that like Red Bull got a car thrown out of the Grand Prix in the very first race of the hybrid era? Yes, because due to fuel flush. Isn't that ironic? Okay. And immediately- if we turned it down, we would have been passed. 
Oh no! Yeah. Tough shit. Um, but yeah, like I said, a slap on the wrist for Ferrari, relatively speaking, a thirty-eight thousand pound fine instead of a slam dunk disqualification. If you're Christian Horner, the only slam dunk disqualification there for him is his receding hairline. Anyway, <laughs> in, into the race itself, and uh, well, cut to the chase. Lewis Hamilton dunked on the entire field. It's lights out and Lewis Hamilton has already laid down the vending machine on everybody's chest. (laughs) (laughs) It it wasn't Super! Beat him! Down! You know what it was? It was the old Immortal Compact games and it was Liu Kang's fatality when the midway arcade cabinet falls on your opponent's head. (laughs) Flawless victory, fatality. Hamilton led every single lap, set the fastest lap of the race, and won to complete a Grand Slam victory. The sixth Grand Slam victory of his career. He completely obliterated the field and won by over 17 seconds. Or nearly 17 seconds, and it could have been a whole lot more if he wanted to. He set that fastest lap, I believe, on lap 50 with, uh, you know, with, with, with change Ancient in the back tires. Yeah, with and with ancient hard tires. Yeah, it was it was a complete obliteration from Lewis Hamilton. He could have gone as fast or as slow as he wanted to. No one was yeah, in the same no. postcode. It didn't help that DRS was disabled for the first eighteen laps of the race. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get into that. Um, Macau type strat. Oh god! Oh my god! So there was a data server crash in race control, and Amazing. so. What the fuck is this series? How how the fuck is how is Amazon Web Service planning on getting Premier League broadcasting rights? They can't even get their DRS working. It, need, oh it needs more insights. Yeah, we need more adverts about it on on, on, on the YouTube's to get it confirmed. Yep. As a result of the server data crash, we didn't have any DRS for the first was it eighteen laps? I think it was eighteen. The first eighteen laps where. Where we were treated to all of hot takes about this is proper F1 racing where drivers have to really test their side by side racing acumen. I'm like, Chaos Esto la side by side racing. Are you talking about <laughs> are, you, are you talking about all the times that Valtteri Botas was passing one point Formula 1.5s and Formula 1.75s? Valtteri Botas could not pass a Renault. Hulkenberg did not even have to defend. Nico Hulkenberg ran a train for about 10 laps. Again, things you can say about the Abergavenny Grand Prix and also in the bedroom. Oh my god. No, it was ugly. And yeah, that's the thing. If you listen to the race on Sky's feed, you got Martin Brundle saying, I've actually quite liked this not having the RS if you can see in these natural overtakes. My dude, he's in a car that's two seconds a lap faster than everybody else in open air. For fuck's sake. As everybody else is running no more, no less than two seconds apart from one another. I have a reply. Martin, shut the fuck up, Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) It was unwatchable! It was unwatchably bad. It was terrible. It was objectively bad. I don't see how anyone could defend that yeah, horseshit. For, for, for everyone who says, oh, well, this is pure. They, they have to really lunge to overtake. You don't even have to defend when there's no DRS. Because the delta around here is 1.6 seconds a lap. The only way yeah. you are passing somebody around here 
was if you were a Valtteri Bottas who now gets all the credits from a 20th to 4th place finish in a car that was completely busted compared to the rest of the field and still finished 45 seconds behind his teammate. Mercedes had an unassailable race pace advantage and they could barely cut through the midfield while this was happening. It's terrible. It was objectively terrible and, I've wa- and I never wanted so hard to yeet Martin Brundle out of a commentary box so hard than when he was talking about how great the first 20 laps of this race were when said race or most of it we didn't even get to see properly because the directors insisted on showing Max Verstappen doing laps on his own while the majority of the fun in the midfield especially in the second half of the race was not put on the world feed mm-hmm. now that's some peak Dutch content right there <laughs> yeah. Max Verstappen who was suffering engine control issues um, had a lot of turbo lag during the race he just he went off from second and well, ran a very lonely race. Yeah, he was he was in no man's land. He was 16 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton, but he was 27 ahead of Charles Leclerc in third. He was basically yep. running a time trial. It was an extended test session for Red Bull more than anything yep. else. And And why was that? Let's get to Ferrari. Oh god. <laughs> this is going to be the theme of the show today. It really is. Charles Leclerc was 43 seconds off the win. 0.8 a lap slower, I make that roughly on average. That, with a uh, with an engine that's basically brand new. That's embarrassing. That's her new engine. Ferrari were just, they were below some of the midfield cars in Sector 3. Yeah. Bruh. They were terrible in the third sector and it, it, it hurt them the entire race. Uh, Vettel was the more exciting car, even though he was fighting with Albon. That was that was the best fight of the day, yeah. you could argue. That And that happened. Um, Ferrari, who cannot execute one pit stop properly, decided they were going to try a double stack. And what failed. could possibly go wrong? Charles Leclerc's pit stop was fine. Vettel, Vettel's pit stop had a mechanic with no gloves on, which just holy shit. <laughs> dude, dude, I wouldn't even, like, step into a batter's box without gloves on nowadays. Yeah, changing uh, Formula One tires with no gloves on. Hope he got some aloe for those burns. And um, he had a not-so-nice, but nice, 6.9-second stop. So that lost a good five seconds in the pits via a Ferrari. Instead of dropping out into clean air, Vettel dropped out behind a train of cars while DRS was disabled. Way to go, Ferrari. Way to go. (laughs) You are pathetic! What a shit weekend for the Scuderia. They were awful. It, it was 2019 in a nutshell. They were awful all weekend long, and they somehow shithoused the podium with Charles, and which was about the maximum they deserved. <laughs> and, and honestly, I think the only reason they were able to do so is because Bottas was locked in traffic for so long. Bottas would have had a comfortable second on any other weekend. Right. Yeah. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for the the fact they had to start from the back, he would have finished in second comfortably. He would have had no. I still problem. think if he was if he wasn't stuck behind a fucking Renault for ten laps, I think he legitimately could have made a run. In fact, he did make a run at Leclerc. He was ripping seconds a lap out of him by the end of the race. Yeah, he was one lap shy. He was point nine behind yeah. Charles. Ferrari's Ferrari's race pace was even worse than usual because they were tearing their tires apart. Even the hard tires they were shredding. Yeah, they were apocalyptically bad. 
all weekend long. Ferrari ain't shit. I'm going to run down the order and we'll, we'll tackle some of the mini stories here along the way. Because there was some good stuff here. So, to be fair, it wasn't completely terrible. You just had to see it on Twitter afterwards. Right. Lewis Hamilton wins for Max Verstappen in second. As mentioned, he was 16 seconds behind. Lewis Hamilton basically won that race with one hand tie behind his back. Um, Max Verstappen second. Charles Leclerc was third, as I mentioned, 43 seconds off, off the win. Um, he was only 0.9 himself ahead of Valtteri Bottas, who came all the way from the back. To finish a comfortable fourth in the end. A, a, a solid closeout for the year for Valtteri. Um, Sebastian Vettel in fifth. A minute and four off the win. He was in fifth. Alex Albon was sick. Five seconds behind. Arguably the best fight of the race was him and Sebastian. Fighting for fifth place. He was the last man on the leading lap. Everybody else was at least a lap down. Sergio Perez gets the best yeah, of the rest of move in seventh. Sergio Perez... The movie put on. put on, I think the movie put on, I think it was Lando Norris, was it stunning. Was. Yes, for seventh place in the final two laps. That was a stunning okay. pass from Sergio Perez. Yeah, one of the best moves of his career, he called it. Yeah, he said it himself in the car, It was the. he said it was the best passing move of his career. Can't say, yeah, yeah. can't say I blame him there. Um, Lando yeah, Norris, he went long early in the race. He went long early in the race and was able to put on fresh, uh, I believe, mediums for the end of the race, and he had fantastic pace among the midfield runners he did that was the common theme of the end of the race it was all the midfield going to two-stop strategies and being aggressive at the end and basically they all beat the shit out of each other and it was great racing but we didn't get to see it because we were too busy focusing on lewis hamilton's grid celebrations thanks a bunch tv director really great job all season long i mean tremendous Anyway, you'll love to see it. You'll love to see Sergio Perez just perfectly executing this pass on this left-right-left chicane that is notoriously not an overtaking zone and making it look effortless. Yeah, on the F1 YouTube account a day after the race has already happened. Sure. Lando Norris in eighth. Shout out to him for more hilarious team radio hijinks. Um, in, 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 <laughs> including uh, Giovanni, Giovanni going soft. Um, thanking him for the very... He was, he was furious with himself after that. How could I let Perez do one of the best moves of his career on me? I think I'm crying. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, like all of a sudden, him and his engineer both start crying together on the radio after the race, and he finished in eighth. A, a tremendous rookie season on Lando. We'll get to him in a minute. But uh, he was in eighth. Then it'll Kvyat in ninth. Great drive for him for the Toro Rosso boys. A, a couple of points to close out the year. And Carlos Sainz Jr., who dive-bombed the crap out of Daniel Ricciardo on the final lap of the race. Did he send it? <laughs> he sent did he it. send it or did, did he I send it? Did I send it ah! or did I send it? Fantastic move to break the tiebreaker between himself and Pierre Gasly for sixth in the F1 championship. Carlos Sainz sixth in the championship. What a season he's had. We'll get to take, him. Take about. Oh, my goodness. Beating Daniel Ricciardo for the final point on the final lap. Brilliant effort. Ten corners to go in the season, his engineer said. Yeah. Daniel Ricciardo, 11th. Nico Hulkenberg, who sadly got pile-driven on the final couple of laps in 12th. Um, from everybody else on Faster Rubber. Kimi Räikkönen, 13th. K-Mag in 14th. Romain Grosjean, 15th. 
Gentinia Giovinazzi in 16th, 17th and a solid day at the office for George Russell in the Williams car. Pierre Gasly in 18th for Toro Rosso, two laps down. Um, he had suffered front wing damage as a due to the yeah. collision with Lance Stroll on the opening lap, unfortunately. He came off the worst of He it. got wiped out. Yeah. He got wiped out by Stroll at turn one. How the fuck was that not a penalty? Um, that's a, that is a slam dunk penalty from Lance Stroll. I don't understand how that I think uh, I think Lawrence cut a check. Must have done. Uh, Kubica in 19th, a very honourable radio message and what was probably will be his final F1 race, wishing the Williams team good luck the rest of the way. Um, from everything I've been told, he's been a, a model professional and class act all the way through. If it is the end for Robert, um, it's the final chapter and what's an amazing story. We wish Robert the very best. It's looking like he's going over to DTM for next season. It's all but confirmed, apparently. So uh, we wish Robert all the very best over there. He's one of the real good guys in the sport. And, uh, yeah, nothing but the best for our Polish brother. And uh, Lance Stroll, the only DNF on the day. He had a brake failure uh, 10 laps from the end after clattering into Pierre Gasly on the opening lap. So... Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, your full final 2019 season standings, everybody. Lewis Hamilton breaks the all-time Formula 1 points record for the second consecutive year, 413 points. That is a astonishing total by any measure. Oh my god. Um, only, out, only off the podium four times all season. Austria fifth, Germany ninth. Singapore 4th and Brazil 7th. He was on the podium 17 times this season, including 11 wins, which is a personal best for Hamilton this year. Um, stunning. A, a stunning season. By was that, that second ever on the points per race total. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is insane for Lewis Hamilton, no matter which way you slice it. Valtteri Bottas had his second place in the championship confirmed a little while ago, but he's second on 326 points. Final margin of victory, 87 behind Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More on him in a bit. Max Verstappen takes the bronze medal spot and best of the rest honours in third with 278 points. His best season in Formula 1 to date. Charles Leclerc wins the Battle of the Ferraris. He finishes fourth on 264 points, 24 ahead of Sebastian Vettel in fifth on 240. The best of the rest in the Formula 1.5 title. We, we take it off Nico Hülkenberg and we give it to Carlos Sainz Jr. with 96 points. What a season he's had. Astonishing stuff from Carlos Sainz all year long. He breaks the tie, as mentioned from Cam Erdy. He breaks the tie with Pierre Gasly because Pierre Gasly's second would have put him ahead on countback. Um, after the 21 races were done, but that that last lap overtake was enough to break the tie. Signs in sixth on 96 points. Pierre Gasly with 95 in seventh. Alex Albon couldn't steal the couldn't steal it on the end um, in eighth place on 92 points. Um, then you've got wait, does Albon even count? Like <laughs> mm, uh, debatable. <laughs> He, he's like the game show villain. He's chasing them down at a rate of knots. He gets advantages. It's fun. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's in a red and- <laughs> yeah, they, they He fits into the F1.25. Yes. We'll get to that in our season review. Indeed. Daniel Ricciardo in 9th from 54 points. Sergio Perez 10th with 52. Lando Norris 11th with 49. Kimi Raikkonen 12th with 43. Then it'll Kivy out with 37 on uh, ahead of uh, Dan. Sorry, yeah, he's on 37 ahead of uh, Hulkenberg on countback. 
He also had 37 points. Uh, Lance Stroll in 15th with 21. Uh, Kevin Magnussen in uh, 16th place with 20. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi 17th um, with 14 points. Romain Grosjean with 8 points um, in 18th. Kubica with just the 1 point in 19th. And it's actually kind of harsh to say. George Russell's bottom of the board on 20th with 0 that's a shame, <laughs> to say the least. That's not worthy of George's talent at all. And hey, for the second year in a row, only the second time ever in F1 history, the 20 drivers who started the year were the 20 guys who finished it. <sighs> Weird times. Weird times indeed. I mean, they they all didn't finish the year in the same cars they started. The same, but it was all the same people. Yeah. Yep. The end of year photo was the same as the one at the start. Kind of. Just, just some people are in different uniforms. You just, you just gotta swap the shade of blue for a couple of them. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> right, the constructors championship standings, the final constructors standings, Mercedes seven hundred and thirty nine points. Uh, they win. Oh the... my fucking god! Yeah, they won the championship by two hundred and thirty five points over Ferrari. They almost beat them one and a half to one. That's how bad it was. Ferrari 504 in second. Um, Red Bull couldn't reel them in in time. 417 points in third. McLaren fourth overall for the year with 145 points. And that's having lost a whole lot of points to reliability issues. Yeah, and pit stop errors too. They're, they're, they're a couple, they're a good chunk of fuming errors chucked in there too. But the customer team beat the works team. Renault itself was soundly, fifth. soundly. Renault <laughs> a comfortable fifth, shall we say, on eighty-five points. They were nearly gunned down at the end by Toro Rosso. They're only six points behind in the end on eighty-five, which I believe is their joint best That's- ever finish in the constructors. I want to say. It is. It is. Yeah. That that, that uh, those two podiums really did a wonders. They 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 really helped because they 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 broke off from Racing Point for that very reason. They are in seventh on seventy three points, consistent, but maybe no landmark performances for the year outside of Lance Stroll's fourth was probably what did him in compared yeah, to Toro Rosso. It, it didn't really help that uh, due to literally fucking dying as a team last year and being purchased, they only brought their proper twenty nineteen car halfway through the year again. <laughs> Not the first time it's happened to racing points either. Uh, Alfa Romeo in eighth on fifty-seven points. Haas down in ninth this year on twenty-eight points. Um, one point scoring finish the second half of the year after the summer break. Out of out of eighteen cars. Yikes. And Williams bottom of the board sadly with just the one point. Robert Kubitz's tenth place in Germany after Hamilton was flagged back with a time penalty. So their worst result. In their history as a constructor. Yeah. Oh dear. So, with all of that in mind, and with those race points in, in, in standing, we'll get into more of that a little bit later on in our season review in just a second. But we'll quickly go over Formula 2 as well at the same time. And uh, RJ, a, uh, a, a, a good weekend for the Brazilians. It really was. Um, this was also kind of a uh, a farewell weekend in many ways for a lot of drivers. Um, Sergio Sete Camera had a pretty good day. He qualified uh, pole position on Friday, started from pole position, made a little bit of a mess at the start, but eventually came back to overtake his Carlin teammate Nobuhara Matsushita and take his first career feature race victory in what is all likelihood will be his final Formula 2 weekend. It's the two Carlin boys in first and second, Guan Yu Zhao in third, and 
Dams that day wrapping up the team's championship in Formula 2. Indeed it did. He went pretty comfortably in the end by 71 points over Virtuosi Racing. So congratulations to Dams on the team title. And props to Nicholas Latifi. He was very emotional about it after coming second in the sprint race. Later on, later on a Sunday, uh, I should say afternoon, given this Abu Dhabi time. Oh, than, uh, we should mention something else for F2 on a less good note. Mm-hmm. Mahavir Ragunathan gained enough penalty points for another race ban. That he didn't actually have to serve because yeah, of due the to a technicality. The and I'm sorry, but... Ha- but instituting a super license system across every ladder of the for- of junior formula racing, that's not going to be your fits. I'm sorry, oh, yeah, it's just going like, to make the problem you're, you're worse. Just, time to time to flood all the F3 series with guys. Mahavir, just stop. Or get better. Or get better. I, Ma- I really Ma- don't think there's getting better. He did a practice start with two cars parked in front of him. Bruh. Bruh. That's common fucking sense. Double that's having bruh. two human eyes. How does this motherfucker have a championship point and Tadiata Calderon does it? That's unfair. Luck. Sheer luck. Pure dumb luck. But here we are. Um, you know, that that's pretty shit to say the least. Shout out to Luca Giotto in what will probably be his final Formula 2 race. He took it will be his last race. Yeah, it is his final Formula yeah. 2 race. He did do the test, but he is done racing in Formula 2. He'll go to sports cars next year. He wins in the sprint race. Uh, this is his fourth win of the season ahead of the Formula 1 graduate Nicholas Latifi in second and Sergio Sete Camera. Two podiums on the day, finishing in third position. Indeed. Yep, fun times are all involved there as well. Right, final championship standings there in Formula 2. Nick DeFries winning with 266 points. He was 52 ahead in the end of Nicholas Latifi. Again, I think that's a bit harsh on Latifi, but the middle chunk of his year didn't go according to plan. Luca Giotto third, bows out gracefully on 207 points ahead of Sergio Sete Camera. A good weekend for him, put him up to fourth in the end, just behind Giotto on 204. Uh, Jack Aitken fifth on 159. Doesn't have a job yet. Amazing. Nobuharu Masushita, 144 in sixth. Guan Yu Zhou on 140. Then Louis Delatraz in 92 points. Uh, Jordan King with 79. And uh, the late Antoine Hubert finishes the season in the top 10 with 77 points. A testament to just how strong his season was before it all tragically came to an end. I'll stop it there, quite frankly, because that, I don't believe anything more needs to be said on that one. We miss you, Antoine. We miss you dearly. And I'm glad that Alex Jakes recognised that at the end of the broadcast during the sprint race on Sunday. It was It's it's easy to lose sight of these things in motorsport. And, uh, yeah, this season will be in his honour. And uh, shout-out as well. And the best wishes to continue recovery to one, one Hanuel Correa as well, who we saw him hanging out and uh, getting back in the uh, his, his, his simulator racing seat as well, which is great to see. Um, he's on the mend, so hopefully we'll see him back in a race car sooner rather than later. All the best to JM. Stay strong, buddy. One one new story oh. that I think we forgot to mention oh. that I think should be mentioned now. Bone King. So there's been drone footage of the construction site at Zandvoort. Oh, Lord. And they actually done it. Those crazy Dutch people actually did it. You know why they did it, King? It's because it's what Charlie Whiting would have wanted. Fuck's <laughs> sake. 
That was a quote, direct quote from from Dutch Grand Prix organizer Jan Lammers. Yes, that guy who spent 10 years in between Formula One stints. Um, Jan Lammers said, the high banking Lion Dyke corner, which is going to be 18 degrees, that's what Charlie Whiting would have wanted. No, that's precisely what Charlie Whiting would have not wanted. (laughs) No, uh, Charlie, before he passed away, Charlie did do uh you know a site inspection he signed off on it and approved no no i I refuse to believe this (laughs) i just like i just like the idea of like of like justifying just terrible things like uh, just in the matter of well uh, it's what charlie would have wanted michael massey just anytime he gets criticism over any of his decisions like it's what charlie would have wanted i don't know about that one chief the the last corner at Zandvoort, named after Ari Leindyke, Leindyke Bach, will have 18 degrees of banking, no runoff, and a safer barrier on the edge of the race track. No, no, So it's Talladega, no, is what you're no, saying. No, <laughs> F no. Green Why? flag back in the air. <laughs> Why is this a thing? Because there's a lack of space. And because... Uh, also, also, turn four, Hugenholtz Bach, named after the... Uh, named after longtime track director John Hugenholtz, will also be banked eight degrees. Yeah, and it's not like you're going to tell the Dutch fans, you know, you can't have this race in this track. They've already sold, like, 300,000 tickets. Yeah, they sold out the race. For, they sold for out the race. Max for is Stappen, real. The Max Verstappen hype train whoa, cannot whoa. be stopped anymore. Did you just say they sold 300,000 tickets? Yeah, they, they sold out the race on day one. And every Ow. single one will have orange gear on. And I hope they all enjoy their 3 out of 10 enjoyment level Grand Prix at this terrible track. And also Mercedes absolutely crucifying Red Bull. Good. He's so stupid, he comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Why does he want me to go off the track? No! Thank you very much for listening. Join us later for our Formula One season review. Thanks, I'm not you are the world champion! That was exciting!